This is episode number 30 with John Sullivan, owner at Impact Baseball. I'm Patrick Jones. You're listening to The Road to the Show. And on this episode, we go over the mechanics of hitting. John is regarded as one of the top hitting coaches in the entire country. We go over different mechanical cues that coaches sometimes use that a lot of times players won't understand. Um, we break down the mechanics of hitting, you know, what you should do or should not do. Uh, John has worked with all sorts of uh, types of players from amateur levels all the way up to major league all-stars. Um, he works really closely with Josh Harrison, and he just talks about you know, different things that he sees when he works with a, a major league all-star versus an amateur player and some of the different things that you could possibly work on to one day hopefully get yourself there. So I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. And without further ado, here's John Sullivan. What's up, everyone? This is The Road to the Show. I'm Patrick Jones. I'm joined today by John Sullivan, owner of At Impact Baseball in Cincinnati. John, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's a pleasure. So you've actually been... You started out in West Virginia, right? I did. I did. I'm from southern West Virginia. Uh, I went to Potomac State Junior College out of high school. Uh, ended up finished at uh, Cumberland University, Uh my, my senior year where it was an awesome four years of, of baseball, good experience for me. And, uh, you know, one of my motivations to open up a facility in the area and stay in baseball, you know, it, there's certain things people are good at. You know, Pat, Yeah. If I can't hammer an L in. I don't sit behind a desk from <laughs> 9 to 5. I like doing baseball. And uh, I think uh, I think we've built a pretty good brand here at Impact, and we want to continue that, uh, continue that for years to come. How long have you been here like at Impact for? We have two locations. We have a location in Mason. We also have a location in Blue Ash. And uh, we've had this Blue Ash location, which is about 7,500 square foot for about a year. Uh, But uh, I have two other partners, Danny Rosenbaum and Jason Christian, who are local guys, played at Loveland. I think Jason was a fifth-round pick out of Michigan. Danny uh, started Indiana University, finished at Xavier University, where he was a a middle-round pick, uh, ended up playing six, seven years in – professional baseball and Jason also played his uh, rookie contract out as well and then you you actually played some pro ball right in the frontier league I did I did uh gateway gateway was uh the place that I got my opportunity amazing the frontier league is an amazing uh place to play it's it's a good experience and uh the the fans there are, are comparable to affiliated baseball did you know when you were playing in the frontier league playing pro baseball that one day you wanted to be like a coach or instructor yeah. and stay in the game? Absolutely. Uh, actually, it started at, uh, I remember having a conversation, it started as a, my freshman year in college where, you know, I remember, you know, you know, coaches ride freshmen pretty hard. Yeah. And uh, one day in, in, in the dugout, one of our coaches mentioned, hey, I think there's only one guy that really has an idea of what's going on around here. And I know he was speaking to me because I uh, – I attain knowledge. Uh, my, my grandfather once told me, he said, you can learn one thing from everyone. So I'm never closed-minded. I like to yeah. learn from, uh, you know, I like to learn from everybody that cr- I cross paths with, and I don't like to, to tune anyone out. So, yes, because, you know, from from the day I started playing baseball, which was late. I didn't play baseball until I was 12 years old. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I always, you know, I took that to heart and never, even today, I still try to evolve in baseball. I mean, 
uh, you can never you can never know everything. Um, each kid that walks in here is a little bit different. So the the ability to uh, to to touch a kid um, is 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 a huge part of what we like to do, and it's one of the reasons when I was a player that uh, pushed me now to uh, to want to help the community. So like your, I feel like your reputation like around here because I I really I started coming in here and hitting probably about a, you know a year ago or so, and Mike Morris was like, dude, like this guy knows like about hitting. I feel like you're like the hitting guru. Like, how long ago did you like start focusing in on studying the game, studying really studying hitters, and just knowing like everything there is about or not maybe not everything because you will never know everything but a lot about hitting and mechanics and things like that well actually it started when I was a freshman in college and here's why because I wasn't a very good hitter like I had to work for everything that that I got Um, you know I think my lowest year in four years of college baseball was around 330 that wasn't good enough for junior college baseball and then finishing it in AI I was very good defensively it wasn't yes I worked on it but it wasn't something I had to worry about and focus on as much Um, so as a freshman when I started to find out when velocity got a little bit a little bit more sell a little bit more velocity because in high school baseball in West Virginia it's not great I mean you're looking at five ten division one players a year in the entire state where yeah. in this area there's five ten in in a in a league yeah so i got i got there as a freshman and started to realize hey man i need to i need to learn a little bit more about this craft i need to learn what i'm doing wrong what i'm what i'm doing right and uh and try to to learn swing so i i man i do like what most kids should do jump on youtube start uh listening to hitters uh I, I one thing i didn't make a mistake of is listening to you know one way of hitting i like to listen to multiple ways of hitting and then kind of you know create the way that i think a kid can react to the best so it was young for me because like again i wasn't a great hitter so i, I needed to learn pretty quickly on uh you know, on, on the skill set. So what about the old school versus new school way of hitting? That's really become big the past couple of years, would you would say? It's huge. Uh, you know, people talking more about uh, exit exit uh, angles, talking about launch angles, talking about exit velocity. It's huge. Um, I think it was there in the past. Um, it just wasn't, it wasn't communicated. I, I'm not sure that we were really understanding what was going on with those guys. I mean, I was taught the wrong way of hitting growing up. You know, I, I was taught, you know, be short to the baseball, which which is right, but it, it caused me to be too steep. You know, and I, I know later we're going to talk about some hitting cues, uh, but that's that's one thing that my coach would always say is, you know, yeah, we want to be short, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I, I got to be super steep. Now I'm in and out of the zone. Um, I don't know where we got to with that because as I watch old hitters like Hank Aaron, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle, and those guys, they have the new age swing that people are talking about. That's 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 how they swung the bat then. So I'm not I'm not exactly sure where we got into. To I think the old school is really the new school. We're just now on getting getting on the right path of what those guys were doing. Well, I feel like cause some big league hitters still to this day will say I think Frank Thomas is a big one. You know, straight down to the ball, yeah, things like that. And so a lot of people <clears throat> are saying these days is you know do as I as do as I do, not as I say. Correct for big leaguers. I Reds Fest this weekend. I was with uh, Scooter Jeanette, and uh, he said, "Hey man, my swing's like a V." 
you know, well, I've watched enough video, one, working with the Reds, and two, just being a video head, to know that that's not really what's going on in Scooter's swing. So what's really happening there is that's what he thinks is going is happening, so that keeps him short and where he wants to be. There's nothing wrong with Scooter thinking that if, even if that's not what's going on. That's that's totally fine. Um, so it's it, it falls into, hey, a, a lot of times hitters – aren't doing what they say, but it's okay for them to think that because it's getting them in the right positions and, uh, and it's helping them get to, to be on time more consistently. What do you tell your hitters who you work with? Does it, is it different for each age? or Different for every hitter. Every hitter walks in here. I think one of the biggest mistakes coaches make, uh, me included when I started into this, is we coach the athleticism out of, out of kids. Uh, they think that whenever they jump in that, that – chalk box that they have to be a robot well that's the exact opposite of what we want I want I want to see a kid kid walks in here uh college kid you know minor league guy big league guy four-year-old five-year-old I want to see them take some swings I want to see how athletic they are and I want to work with that you know there's not one way there's no way there's not one way to teach a kid how to hit all right there's some absolutes in hitting I think guys can get to which most big leaguers get to um that we can talk a little bit more in depth about, but for the most part, no no hitter is the same. I, ha- I had a professional coach one time say everyone drives a different car, and that was his his way of saying everyone's got a different body style. Some guys' arms are a little bit longer than others. Some guys, you know, uh, legs might be a little shorter. They extend different things of that nature, where you can't stamp one way of hitting to that guy because you might be robbing some athleticism from him. How do you find? your swing if you're if since everyone's different like how do you find the best way to- everyone's different I, you know it's a good that's a good question um now this is where I've evolved over the years I think that it, in the past you know myself I wasn't as well-rounded as I feel like I am today on learning the swing you know now you know one of the things about the new age swing we talk more about north to south and east to west with west with the shoulders well I have a couple kids that walk in here that are that their shoulders naturally move north to south. Do we are we going to take that away from them because that's the one way you know I used to only you know really buy into the other way? Well, no, not 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 at all. We don't want to change that kid uh, from doing that. So you'll see a kid swing, get him on video. I can tell you this right now. If especially with your advanced and older kids, if you're not doing videos and, and lessons and, and your individual instructions, it's you're not going to get what you fully need to get out of that instruction because kids are bigger faster stronger things are happening way quicker than what i can see with with the eye so get those guys on video see what their natural ability is and then kind of you know the blueprint of of what those guys used to the the different ways of hitting kind of they fit into that 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 uh that style a little bit more than what they might the other way should they be trying to always hit the ball in the air? Because that's a big thing these days. Like, but I, what my question for you is: is what if kid, a kid doesn't have a lot of power? Like, what if it's like D Gordon, for example? Yeah, no. Every every guy's a little bit different. Uh, my middle lineup guys. I have a kid walk in, walks in here, and he's six foot two, two hundred and forty pounds. The guy runs a, a eight sixty. It's not a guy that we want. It's not a guy we ever want hitting the ball on the ground. You know what I mean? Where now you got. A guy like D, a lefty that can slap the ball around the park, put the ball on the ground, and can flat out beat a two hopper to the shortstop, then that's what we're going to work on. You know, so yes, uh, launch angles are huge, 
And I still would say that D and like Billy Hamilton will tell you that if they if they could patent a 210 foot line drive, that they would be pretty excited about that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it gets confused a little bit. You know, I get a lot here in Impact and and in the community, just because I want guys to hit the ball in the air doesn't mean that we want them to hit it lazy in the air. We want him to hit. Let's let's work on a line drive in the outfield. Isn't that a ball in the air? Yeah. You know that's yeah. that's a ball in the air. So. Sometimes it can be confused at times, but uh, but for the most part, every guy's a little bit different. And yeah, I got that little lefty leadoff guy. Well, we're gonna work on slapping that six hole a little bit more. <laughs> what about um, the leg kick? That's that's huge. I see on social media all the time. All these hitting guys are really promoting the leg kick. Agreed. And that's that's a. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that sometimes we get confused on what these guys are doing with their leg kick. I, I saw an article with Josh Turner and it said that when I was in New York that I had the same power as I did right now. But what is happening with this leg kick is exactly the opposite of what, what – I was a high school coach, so I'm picking on myself as well too. So what some of our old school high school coaches in the area, what they don't understand is the leg kick is the improved timing. The more you're on time – if you've got some pop, good bat speed in there, then the more you're going to hit for power. So the leg kick where it might be a little bit more movement, it's actually helping the guys improve their timing uh, their timing to be more successful as a hitter. I mean, hitting successful hitters are on time. You know? So you'd recommend leg kicks for almost all hitters? No, I, not exactly, because I think, I think that guys have a natural move already. There's, cert- there's certain things. Hitting cue. Let- let's talk about hitting cue okay. real quick uh, since, we're on, yeah, since yeah. we're on that leg kick. Uh, rhythm and timing. We know what rhythm and timing is, but how many times have we actually communicated what rhythm and timing is to a hitter? All right? Rhythm's your move back. Timing's your move forward. You know, every hitter has a negative movement before they get to their front foot, before they have that positive movement. All right? So... If there's a kid in here that doesn't really have that rhythm, yeah, we want to we want to to add something there. I, if a kid, if if I say, hey, Jimmy, uh, I want we're gonna add this move back. We're gonna we're gonna help your rhythm a little bit more so your timing improves. And I just tell him to swing the bat, and he gives a little bit of leg kick, and that's what he naturally does, and that's what I work with. Now, if it's a kid that has just a small leg kick or you know not even a leg kick, you know, a small step forward. And that's what he's comfortable with. He's going to show it to you in the first couple swings. And that's what we go with. So I don't think it works for everyone because I also think one of the, the epidemic of hitting right now is guys just not being on time. Okay. You know, yeah. So, yeah. so it may not work for those guys. You see the big league guys doing it because they understand they have to start early. I have a couple of videos uh, in my phone on, on the app that I use that I was watching a big league game of some of Josh Turner, Chris Taylor – of when they start their leg kick, and I show that to kids. How early? The goal is to have slow feet, quick hands, and to, to have slow feet, you got to start early. Yeah. Um, let's talk about other some other hitting cues. For example, so growing up, you know, you heard like inside the ball, hitting inside the ball. That's a big one for kids. I feel like growing up, I didn't even know like what like no, what, are we, what are we talking about I, here? You're 100 percent right. Staying inside the ball. I think when I was the first time I ever heard it, I think I tried to like roll up in a ball and jump inside it or something. <laughs> but but that's not the case. I, staying inside the baseball, your swing is dictated in the first three inches of your move in your hands. If your first three inches are good and direct, the rest of your swing is probably going to be pretty solid. If your first three inches is out and around, 
then we got some work to do. So I think staying in the ba- inside the baseball is really focusing on your first three inches of, of your initial launch with your hands. It's pretty pretty simple. I don't think I think we focus more on different areas of the swing than what we need to. Where if I just focus on that initial move, guess what? I might I might be working with fire. Yeah. What about like knob to the ball and stuff like that? <sighs> That's interesting. That it's interesting concept because now you're talking about the different ages, the different styles of of, of hitting. Where I know some guys like to talk about you know the back elbow is made to is to really help you create some uh you know create some some the ball get the ball in the air for the most part and uh and if uh those guys sometimes think knob to the other batter's box where some guys like scooter feel like it's knob to the baseball being direct with their hands i think that that's another uh, another part of the swing that uh in other words if a guy's making solid contact and he's he's loud we might make some adjustments but for the most part, you're going to see some little differences here, especially with different ages, uh, with with the knob to the ball. Maybe that big power hitter is knob to the other batter's box before he starts starts to swing. Different little cues there, um, but I, I think that it's it's pretty easy for myself to pick up on what what's going to make that guy be the most efficient. Okay, I remember last year when I was hitting with you. Um... You talked about, I don't know if you remember this, how it looked like I had changed um, me going, like how far I was stepping towards the pitcher compared to when you had seen me in the past. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, absolutely. What was, what was the term? You used a certain term um, to describe like how wide my feet were. Spacing. Spacing. Yeah. Okay. I want to create spacing between your feet. I think one of the things, with you, uh, you played with one of my Dominican guys. Yeah. Uh, Alberto. Yeah, Alberto. 2012. 2012 with Rick Blyberg yep. and the Stars. And uh, just watching. I mean, you had some home runs at some point. Yeah, yeah. You did. Yeah. But the one thing that I felt like I noticed with you, just being that, I mean, for me, if I go to a park and I see a guy hit and he looks like he can hit, I watch that guy. Yeah. Uh, I want to know what he's doing. And it looked like that you created more space between your feet, which you you, you connected with the ground, you ground forces a little bit more, and you, uh, you, you were in your thighs a little bit more. Uh, just using the legs the legs are the biggest have are the biggest muscles in your body right we want the hands to catch a free ride on those on those things so when you came back last year i know your i noticed that your spacing wasn't as much as it was in the past i didn't know if you were hitting it for as much power uh at the time but it was just something that i noticed and and that goes for a lot of hitters a lot of hitters they don't understand that uh they want to be so tall and upright. Well, they don't create space. Now their backside doesn't have enough space to work the way it should uh, in their swing. Um, the average major leaguer is 55% of his height between his feet at heel strike, at foot strike. Uh, about 55%. Some guys are bigger. Dustin Pejori is 92%. Adrian Beltre is like 88%. Even Albert Pujols is in you know, the high 70s. Um, but the major league average is around 55 58% of their height. Uh, between their feet. Uh, I know Eric Hosmer, is, he's up there, you know, 80 85% as well. Uh, and these are guys that are hitting for a lot of power. Where right. you go back, you mentioned Frank Thomas earlier, yeah. where he didn't create as much, but Frank Thomas was, what was he, six, what was he, six, oh, seven, six, six eight, yeah, six, huge, eight? huge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a monster. Um, so I think that kids get a little hesitant on getting getting wide when they get the foot strike because they they see some of these older hitters are a little bit more upright and uh, a little bit more upright and still hit the baseball out of the park. Well, 
they've got a God-giving, you know, gift that, that not a lot of people since has gotten, speaking of Frank Thomas. But, uh, but it's that, that lower half. Uh, I think guys need to really focus on, you know, creating some space between their feet so they can start hitting the ball with more power and more authority. Uh, you know, I, D, let's go back to D. Gordon. D. Gordon's trying to hit the ball hard. Yeah. He's not, he's not slapping the ball around. The, Billy's not just slapping the ball. He's, he's trying to put his A swing on every swing he takes. So just the, the difference in D and Billy hitting the ball hard might be different than what it is with Adam or Scooter or, you know, those guys in the middle of our – Scott Shebler, Joey Votto, the guys that's in the middle of our lineup. Yeah. You know? and, uh, what, what should a hitter be focusing on? Like, should they be focused on using their legs? Like you were saying, like, during the actual at-bat, or should it all be at that point – don't think of anything don't else. Think. Don't think. Don't think. Uh, I, I don't think you, you, you. Most most guys have batting practice. You know, uh, batting practice is a good time to focus on your game swing. The only thing that's going to be missing there is going to be some adrenaline. So whatever you got to understand, some guys will watch game video and watch video when they're hitting off the tee or or uh, flips and say, oh, this is a little bit different. Well, yeah, it is. Now we got some adrenaline pumping. That's going to change some things. Good point. Um, so. I think that uh, I think that once you get in the box, it's clear the mechanism, man. You just got to focus on your approach, what you're trying to accomplish. You know, middle middle of the lineup guys hitting the balls in the gap. Uh, you know, if if it's a top of the lineup guy, man on second base, moving a runner, things of that nature. There's more to it then, and then you just got to trust your craft, what you work on every single day. What and going back to to batting practice, John. What would you say? Should they have a certain routine that they do? Or is, yeah. it, or is it different? You know, should it, should they take a certain amount of swings off the tee and then soft toss and then hit the ball the opposite way? Or does it even matter in a sense? Let, let's let's break it down into let's talk about routines and we'll get into BP. Okay, routines is crucial. Okay, that gets every hitter in their comfort zone. You know, before the game. Um, so I think routines are huge. Talking about drills. When, you, when a guy shows up to the park, let's say our 12, 13 position players that walk up to the park, they go in and they get their work in, in, in the cage. Uh, counting my guys, the kids that I work with in here, we're not doing the same drills. R- their routine is going in there, and they know what their routine is, and, it, and it's going to help them prepare themselves mentally for the game. So, you know, you might be a high T guy. I might be a low T guy. You know, I, you might have to do a walkthrough drill where I just want to keep everything moving. I might not even want to touch the tee. You know, really focus on keeping my front side buried and staying on the pitches a little bit more. So routines are huge. Uh, that's, that's, you know, pre, pre-game. And I, I also think that a routine when, when you get in the box, I'm sure, Pat, you probably can still replicate your – whenever it's go time, that guy says play ball and you jump in the box, you probably can still replicate your routine jumping in, jumping in there and getting set. Uh, so – the one thing that, that I had a, a guy tell me that was, it was huge, he was our sports psychologist, is uh, I, I tell the kids, we always laugh, most kids see it in the movie Men in Black, where they have that little, the little thing that just, boom, they hit it, and, yeah. and it completely, you forget about everything. Well, he used to have, he used to tell us, like, find a cue. If something's going wrong, find a cue. Or if you need, your, if you need everything cleared, find a cue. So when I was on defense, I always found the top of the flagpole, the little ball that sits on top. Okay. That's what I cleared. So, yeah, I'm all right. It's okay to be upset or it's okay to think about what that next play is 100%. But when you clear that mechanism, then it's time to go. All right, because if you don't, you're only hurting the other eight guys that's, that's behind you. When I was a hitter, I stepped in. It was right, left. 
up and down when my hands got set, but I, I visually took a peek at the back corner of the plate, and that was my cue, let's clear. I don't want to think about my hands. I don't want to think about my lower half. I just want to think about, you know, the task at hand right now and hitting that baseball hard and putting a good swing on it. So, you know, there's routines and drills and pregame stuff that, that guys absolutely have to do. Every big leaguer has a different routine. You know, every successful high school guy has a different routine. Every good hitter has a, has a, a routine. And I say, think sometimes as coaches we fall into the trap where we have maybe five or ten drills and that's what we stick to, and that's not what we that's not that's not what the kid you know needs at the time. Um, and then, even more important, when it comes to game time, you got to have that routine when that guy's staring at you sixty feet six inches away, and it's go time. I'm glad you brought that up. What when you got that guy staring at you? <laughs> the mentality when you're in the box. What should it be like? What should you? I mean, it, the the competitive factor. I guess it also depends. I mean, confidence is so huge in the game of baseball. If you're struggling, if you're not, what what's the ideal mindset when you're in the box? Compete, compete. Um, you, I, I think, I think, you know, everyone's a little bit different in that aspect. For me, I was 160 pounds, six foot tall, from Southern West Virginia. I wasn't supposed to get a chance. So for me, it was I go, I would run through a brick wall. The kids are a little different these days. Yeah. You know, you know that you've been around them enough. Uh, that mindset sudden sometimes doesn't work for for all kids. So you got to dig in there, dig in there, and find out what motivates them, what gets them in in the position where they want to really compete, and that's what they need to take in there when that guy's eyeing them down. You know, uh, not think about the hands, not think about different things going on mechanically, uh, but. Just stare that guy down. Understand the task at hand, and and for me, it's like a, it, for me, it was it was it's a one on one battle once you're in there. You know, yeah, I got a guy on deck. I might have a guy on second base. He's got eight guys standing, or seven guys behind him, one guy at the plate. But that's a one on one battle. Yeah, and you got to take it. You got you got to have some pride. And yeah, he might he might win, and you tip your cap. But you gotta have, you gotta be in the right mindset. Of, I can't wait. Get, give me give me fifteen twenty minutes away when I get a chance to get a hold of that guy, and uh, and I'm gonna get him back. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. Um, it's so true, especially like when you're struggling more than anything. I mean, the game can become so, geez, I mean, you've struggled. I've been in a slump before. You've been in a slump before. You hear people say, when you're in a slump, just look for the first ball that you can hit and just yeah. take a swing at it. Um, what would you recommend for, for players when they get into slumps? The I, I, it's funny because we were just to, speaking of Alberto. He is now an international scout uh, and an amateur scout for the, the Red Sox, and we were talking about this this today. And uh, I I would recommend those guys to uh, to um, what was I gonna say? We recommend those guys to go back and look at when they are doing well. Uh, like past videos. Yeah, go like back that. and look when you're doing well. Go back when you had that streak where you got seven hits in three days, two days. When you got ten, fifteen hits in in you know in a in a week. Don't go back whenever you had that game when you were four strikeouts. Yeah, three strikeouts. Don't go back through that streak where I'm at zero for eighteen. <laughs> I'm not looking at that video. Yeah, show me the video when 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 I had a three for four day. Show me that video when when I was absolutely barreling everything that was delivered to the plate. I think we make a mistake at that. We don't focus on the positives. So true. It's confidence. Yeah. You just said it. It's yeah. confidence. We got to go back to confidence. Uh, you know, 
you don't want to avoid failure, but you want to strive for success. And I think that's a that's a huge uh, huge statement in in the, in the game. So true. I'm I'm glad you brought up the go back to when you had success because when I'm whenever I struggled, I'd always say, you know, let me get the game film of last last game when I struggling back. Like, what am I doing wrong? I would never really look at a month before or whatever weeks before and check out the when I was raking. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys that I I first yeah uh, I've got to I got the chance to spend a little bit of time with uh, Coach Hatcher, our third base coach with the Reds, and he said that one of the guys that used to do really well he do, he would really focus on the positive was Marlon Bird. Remember when Marlon oh, yeah, Bird came yeah. to Cincinnati? Guy was huge on on focusing on the positives. You know, let's let me look back whenever I'm I'm doing well, and uh, I think that it, that goes for any sport. I mean, I'm not going back and and looking at film if i'm a basketball player when i had that three for 20 night yeah let me go look i i know hitting's a fill thing anything we do in sports is such a fill thing i know what i did wrong i felt what i've been doing wrong you know if you don't if you don't feel like what you're doing wrong then maybe you're looking in the wrong place maybe it's your mental approach to that at bat uh something of that nature but you know, I, I want to go back whenever I was 10 for 10 from the free throw line and I shot 60, 60% from the field, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you've worked with the Reds. You were saying, you know, you know you've stalked with Billy Hatcher. And, and I remember you telling me last year, I don't know who, who told you this or if you saw this firsthand, that Votto does a certain drill. There's like, the, like a Votto drill where you put the L screen off to the side. Yeah. And throw it so he can fork on hitting uh, to opposite field. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So... Oh, I actually call it the, the Votto drill here in the facility. So hit, him being a lefty, you put that uh, you put that lane, that flip lane, off to the left, the first base side, and you create an angle, and you're trying to work and hit that ball the other way, middle the other way, over that shortstop's head to really feel that ball travel to you a little bit more, staying inside the ball, baseball to help that first three inches that we spoke about a little bit more. And, uh, and, and one of the key, the, the key position to hitting is, is what different, it's called different things. We call it, I like to call it hill plant. I like, you know, guys call it launch position, you know, whenever they've, you know, made their move rhythm and timing, they got their front foot down. That position is the most important position in all of hitting. So that's helping him really focus on, you know, keeping that front shoulder where it needs to be. Because another epidemic in youth is that front that front shoulder coming out. Everything's gone. Oh, you know when they get the foot strike, they're a quarter away through their swing. Their front side's gone. Their backside's already started into their swing, so they're dipping in the angle. Their shoulders are just just creates a horrible path through the zone, and they, it's almost impossible for them to stay on plane. So that drill is that's that's one of his routines. You know, every day. Every day. Um, one of the things I do for my young kids to help them too is I'll actually do that drill, but I will push that plate up against the net, where if they get a little bit long, they'll feel themselves hit that hit that net. Okay. Where maybe a, a professional hitter, a high level uh, college player, high school player may not have to do that to that extent, but it helps those guys really focus on that first three inches. Okay, and then you've I know Jay Hay, Josh Harrison's coming here, uh, hit hit with you all last year. When you throw to someone like Josh, who's an all-star, compared to other guys, other pro guys or college guys, or even, like you said, high-level high, high school guys, what's, what's the biggest difference you see? Athleticism. Uh, I'm telling you, it goes back to what we spoke about a little bit earlier. Josh is absolutely athletic as heck. You know, uh, he, yeah, he, he, you can see, you can tell in his first two, three swings why he's not only a big leaguer, why he's a successful big leaguer, you know. Uh, He's uh, he's super athletic. Uh, 
the guy's his bat speed, you know, his wrists and forearms are super strong. He stays in the zone. Uh, one of the things that I, I like to call it disappearing barrels. So when I'm throwing BP and I get that pitch, it's, you know, it's down, down the middle where I literally see him stay on plane for so long that his barrel disappears behind that baseball. And more than anyone, I see Josh when he's in here because he, he does a good job staying on plane. Josh hits a lot of balls in the air. Um, he, uh, he stays on plane so well. It's, 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 it's unreal. It, the time that his barrel heads in the zone is, is one of the reasons that he's such a successful big leaguer. Not only that, his athleticism. So it doesn't matter when it comes game time. Uh, I was watching a game early in the year. I can't remember which game it was, but Josh literally, he gets fooled. He's out on his front foot. Looks like he's about to do a, a somersault fo- forward. And, but his hands stay back well enough where he just throws the bat out and flips one in the outfield. That's athleticism. That's him keeping his hands back, getting to that good hitting position, and him staying through the zone, uh, being being capable of getting that barrel hit to the to the zone. So is that just back. just natural, just because he's so athletic, or could anybody replicate being I, athletic? I've I've seen a lot of professional guys, guys that I played with in the past, that just weren't very athletic, and and when when they've got fooled, they've got fooled. Yeah, they course screw themselves in the ground. <clears throat> they're not getting, they're not seeing contact as much. Uh, no, you can pr- improve your athleticism, 100%. Uh, you can. But the hand-eye coordination of those guys, the ability to still get the barrel to the ball is is, is few and far between. Well, I remember you telling me last year one of the, the things that you saw is if you don't, if you didn't throw a pitch in a, in a particular spot that he was looking for, he'd take it. Yeah, he would. Compared to, well, I know at least for me, if, if I can get to it, like I'm swinging no matter what, yeah. which obviously ends up hurting you in the long run. But I guess that plate discipline too is so huge, or just discipline in general. Um, how would how do kids work on that? Is it just just repetition, just playing over time? I think it's repetition and your approach. Like you have to understand your approach. Every hitter. You know, one of the drills that, that we do around here is we, we call it nine ball, where we'll go around the nine zones and we'll flip the nine zones. And we'll start to understand what zones we hit better and what zones we don't. And if we're, if we're in BP and, and it's not a two-strike approach round or something of that nature, let's, let's, we've got an understanding now of what my strengths and my weaknesses are. Now let's attack those uh, in BP. So every hitter has different strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Josh is the same way. You know, we laughed last year during the offseason that the pitch that they were missing the most was the pitch that was dead down the middle, <laughs> you know, uh, knee high or even thigh high because he don't see that pitch in the big leagues. Yeah. You know, it, it seems it seemed you take that for granted, but it's a pitch you don't see very much in the big leagues. So sometimes we lose focus on focusing on, on even that pitch um, where – those guys don't make many mistakes up there. Where a high school guy, he might, he, he's probably going to see that pitch a little bit more. But that's that's case in point, an example with with those guys. So like. since he knows his swings so well, does he not have to take as many swings in the off season compared to other guys? No, I think the the best way to, to get better as a hitter is to hit. You know, I, I think that's that's pretty simple. Yeah, we can watch video and we can do this and this and this, but I think it needs followed up by getting out there, getting a feel for it, and and putting a swing on the baseball. Okay. You know, I, I think it's pretty simple, uh, for that matter. This is not a game. Pat, you know, you know this. This is not a game you can put down for a month, two months, three months, and think that you're going to jump back on, jump on the horse, and and ride off. It doesn't happen. It's too hard of a game. 
And that's why it, it's such a hard game, and having the bat speed is so important as well. And I know here at Impact you have a, a bat speed program, right, that you're, that you're doing right now with, we your, do. with your guys? We do. We what's, do. What's, what's the method behind the, the madness there? Overload, underload swing, and a lot of swings. Repeating, repeating uh, mechanics. You know, I, I, sometimes I call them athletics because I don't like the word mechanics sometimes because for some kids that puts them back into that robot phase where I want them to be athletic in their swings. So the bat speed program at Impact can, for a high school guy consists of about 150 swings in an hour or so. Seems like a lot. Can any, anyone do a bat speed program? No. The answer is no. Um, just like I know driveline's really big right now for pitchers. That 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 program is built for elite, professional, high high end high school guys. You know those those type guys, and they'll tell you that this program is not built for everyone because you have to be able to one be physically able to take it, take the amount of swings. You got to be able to repeat your swing, or this can be devastating to you. If you take 150 swings the wrong way. Then, uh, you just wasted your time. Yeah, you made you yourself wasted, worse, probably. You, you might, yeah, you might put yourself a, a month behind or so. So, you know, we take a lot of overload swings, which is a heavy bat, really working on, you know, the, the, the strength, strengthening the wrist, forearms through the zone. Then we go into underload, which is really working on, that, you know, that first move, that fat, those fast twitch muscles, your explosion rate. And then we grab that regular bat and we take some swings, uh, swings as well. Six-week program, high school guys do it twice a week. Um, then we actually finish off with hitting some heavy balls, some some balls with more mass, really work on you know, staying through extension and making sure that we're not decelerating through contact, but we're accelerating through contact, which, believe it or not, you'd be surprised on kids that, that start to slow down right before contact before instead of speeding up and staying through the zone. So, yeah, it's hard. And then, then we go over to the weight room here at Impact and we, we knock out about 20, 25 minutes of core, lower back, forms wrist to uh to close out the day so it's a lot of swings uh but the guys that are in it are i think we got 40 guys this year are committed to to getting better and that's that's one of my favorite things about the program because yeah you these guys come in here and work they don't have time to, yeah. to talk they get after it. your career before you know it's going to be over absolutely as we both know absolutely absolutely if someone wants to work with you um in the area or just in the region, how are they? How are they getting? Do they send you? Do they send you an email or how do they get in contact with you? So it's impactcincy with a y dot com. Uh, when you go on there, you'll see all of our contact. Uh, you see me and my partner's contact information. There's a join now tab, and that'll take you to the scheduling software as well. Um, hey, I'm, for me, stop in. We're in Blue Ash. Uh, the the address is on the website. Come in, get some cards, meet all of us. Uh, it's an awesome group. We're a young group. I think the, I think I'm the old head around here. I'm yeah. 30, I think I'm I'm 33 and I think I'm the old head around here. So the guys <laughs> the guys give me some heck about that. But the one thing that we do a good job around here is connecting to you know the, the new age the new age kids. I mean they're different. I, I know I would have went crazy coaching myself because I was a tra- I was an animal. Like it was <laughs> a million miles an hour all the time. You know I never gave myself time to uh, to recover. I might have been a little bit of a turd here and there just because my, uh, my, I was, I was just so passionate about baseball, you know? Um, but that's what we, you know, that's what we push into these kids. We want guys that want to come in here and work hard and, uh, and want to get better. It's also, you know, one of the, we talked about yesterday, the motivations of having a facility is to serve the community. 
Okay. Uh, I love. I, we like serving the community. There's so many temptations for high school guys nowadays out there. Mm-hmm. So many temptations for young kids. My, I have a ten year old, so my ten year old likes to get on the iPod and iPad and stuff of that nature. So opening up these doors every night and seeing the kids come in here, I know it's it's teaching them lessons, valuable lessons that they're going to learn in life. Even if they become a doctor or a teacher, the hard work that they put in here and a safe place away from temptation and things of that nature is going to teach them life lessons that they'll never, you know, that they'll, they'll hold with them for, for the rest of their life. Well, I think one of the, and also piggybacking on that, one of the reasons I like this place specifically is, is kind of a little bit what you were just saying, how you guys do it for the right reason. I've been here for about a year now, come and go and getting some hitting in. And it's not, you're not in it just, just for the buck. You know, we, we were talking about that the other day, how there's particular instructors out there who they can talk a big game, but they really didn't, don't really put the work in, A, to study hitting, or B, they're just trying to just talk a big game so they can get, you know, make some extra money on the side. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the, you know, I, I definitely want to thank you for that because, like you said, everyone in the community, I mean, you got a lot of kids coming in here you know, you're not, you're not, you're in it for the right reason. You know, you're trying to, to make all these kids better and, and they are getting better. And, you know, you got pro guys coming in here too. And you know, like Jay Hayes coming in here. There are some other pro guys. Uh, was it Angle last year was in here? Adam spent some time in here. Um, Adam's working out with Pro Force, Kevin Hollibaugh mm-hmm. now. Um, but Adam, Jacob May started center field for the White Sox last year. Uh, Colin Cowgill was a really good friend of mine. Uh, awesome asset to impact. Uh, he spent. He was in Anaheim. I think he played a year and a half or so beside Trout. Uh, yeah. In Anaheim, yeah. you know, was with with the Mets, Padres last year. Free agent right now. He's in here working his butt off. That, one of the reasons I love him and I love the kids being around him is I've never met someone that works as hard as uh, CC does, and he's just just a huge asset. The kids want to be around him. The kids uh, want to know when he's in here, and uh, you know, he, he's just a huge asset to what we got going on. And, and he follows the bill of what we believe in. Me too. I might not be playing, but I'm in here every morning, every going day, to yeah. you guys. Yeah. Every morning, you know, uh, I go home for a couple hours, and then I'm back in here from three o'clock to eight o'clock, uh, four o'clock to nine o'clock every evening. So, you know, the grind for me might be different than what it is for CC and 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 even you with the podcast and things. But at the end of the day, we're all trying to we're trying to. Yeah, we're trying yeah. to get to the same place, man. Yeah. Anything else that you want to hit on when it comes to hitting mechanics, or do you think we covered pretty much everything? We did. We did. You know, the one thing that, that I would tell other other instructors out there is watch your guys hit. If that guy's barreling the baseball up and he's loud when he hits, let's, let's be careful what we do to him. He, he Yeah, he might, he might have some deficiencies here and there, but – I heard, I heard one of my pro coaches one time, he said, the first time that a guy ever seen Tim Lincecum throw, if he would have changed Tim Lincecum, would he still be Tim Lincecum? Good point. You know what I mean? So uh, I, v, uh, I think it's V. Hey, Josh's brother. I, I met Keith Madison, uh, the old head coach at, uh, at uh, Kentucky when, when Vince played there, and and Keith would say, and this is by no means not a, not a shot at V. Hey, if anything, it's, it's a uh, – you know, it's, it's a huge compliment from Keith is, you know, he when he'd walk by the cage, he'd just t- kind of turn his head. And and not he didn't want to see a swing, but every day, every game, he put him in a two-hole, three-hole, wherever he was that day because he knew Vince was going to compete and he was going to put up numbers and he was going to be a heck of a teammate. And 
And I think that speaks volumes for, for us coaches nowadays. You don't have to change everything with guys. If that guy's barreling it up, if that pitcher's throwing strikes, then, hey, let's work with that, you know, uh, and let's go from there. Um, but too many times we rob some athleticism out of kids, which, which hurt them. Just pay attention to how loud those rounds are, and, uh, and you're going to see, see some success out of guys. Awesome. John, appreciate it again. Down here at Impact Baseball in Blue Ash, make sure to, to hit John up. Again, I'll be down here probably doing some more interviews in here. And, um, again, man, I really appreciate you, you starting this place and, and all the work that you do with all the kids and the time that you put in. And, again, thanks for coming on the show today. I appreciate it, man. It's a pleasure, and good luck with your future ventures, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks.